0: Welcome to The Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host,
1: Herbie Newell. Welcome again to The Defender Podcast. This is Rick Morton, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today is August 17, 2022, and we've got a really special edition of The Defender Podcast today. Um, one of the things that's become a hallmark and, and sort of a center fixture in, in much of the orphan care world is, is Orphan Sunday. Um, it's a Sunday that churches all over the world set aside to, to focus on the needs of orphans, but more than that, to focus on the call that we've been given as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to care for children who are orphaned. Um, some several years ago, almost two decades ago now, Um, There was a a small church in in a rural part of of Zambia, Kalingalinga, Zambia, where where a pastor named Billy Chandwe challenged his church um, to step into the devastation of the AIDS crisis and to care for orphans in their community. And he challenged them to do that, not because there was a problem in their community with, with orphanhood. He challenged them to do that because there was a mandate in God's Word for God's people to care for the orphan and and the widow. And so from that very first Orphan Sunday, um, God has literally birthed a movement that's influenced the world. So today we have an opportunity to be able to sit down with Pastor Billy Chondway to talk a little bit about the beginnings of Orphan Sunday, to talk about orphan care around the world. Um, Billy's a really special guy. Um, God has used him to catalyze movements across Africa and and really literally across the world um, to challenge the church to begin to care for orphans uh, in the name of Jesus far and wide. And so I was able, um, as a part of Lifeline's Global Orphan Care Conference back in July, to sit down in Dubai with Billy uh, for a short interview, talk a little bit about his ministry, a little bit about what uh, God's done over the years through Orphan Sunday, and to talk a little bit about where where he sees the orphan care going. And so we're incredibly thankful for you joining us today. Um, We also wanna point out that that one of the special things that's coming up that you can avail yourself of and that your family um, can, can be affected by is bridge educational services. As we approach another school year, you may find yourself searching for ways to help your children to meet their educational potential. Um, Bridge Educational Services walks alongside parents and children to provide cognitive development evaluations, personalized educational support, and and provide that support in the context of either in-office visits or online support. Um, Bridge Educational Services makes every effort to build a, a program that's specific to your child and will support you no matter who you are or no matter how uh, you accomplish schooling, whether that be homeschooling, online learning, or in a classroom setting. If you'd like to learn more about Bridge Educational Services and the kind of help that's available for your family and for your child, you can visit us at lifelinechild.org backslash bridge. Um, So just give us a a shout at lifelinechild.org backslash bridge or you can look in the show notes um, to find more information and a way uh, to get information about Bridge. So we are really um, today uh, excited about the opportunity to sit down with a dear friend, Billy Chandwe somebody that I've known for years and years and years, and, and, and somebody that I've respected, um, not only from, from, from afar, but, but somebody that I've gotten to know up close. And, and so, Pastor Billy, today we're going to just have a, a conversation about the state of orphan care, about the needs of orphans um, in Africa, and about the ways that the church is and the ways that the church can um, work to to live out the biblical mandate um, to care for the fatherless in the name of Jesus. And so without further ado, let's get to our interview uh, with Pastor Billy Chandwe of Zambia. All right, friends. Well, welcome. We are uh, excited to be with you from uh, Dubai. We are here for Lifeline's global uh, Orphan Care Conference, and uh, Herbie and I have got the opportunity to sit down with a dear friend and and someone that we uh, have known and loved for a long time, uh, Pastor Billy Chandwe. Billy, how are you? I'm
2: good. Thank you.
1: Man, we're so glad to have you here, and uh, of course, you've been on the podcast several times and have, have been with us and uh, have... Uh, Done so much on behalf of uh, orphan and vulnerable children and vulnerable families in in Africa, um, and so we would love to um, love to be able to just catch up with you a little bit and hear about what the Lord is doing in your ministry, and also to talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you've that you've seen in uh, in Africa, uh, in Zambia, and then in in surrounding countries as you've. Traveled around and and uh, particularly in you know in light of the pandemic for for those of you that may be listening that are new to the Defender podcast or, or haven't caught up on some of our old episodes, we uh, Billy, as I said, is a dear friend and someone that we've known for a long time. Uh, he is he's recognized as the father of Orphan Sunday, and uh, we've told that story before here mm-hmm. about how the Lord um, burdened him to to begin to challenge the church, to, um, to take up the, the mandate from the Bible and, and the gospel call to care for orphans in their community and how that literally inspired um, people around the world. And so when, uh, when, when many were um, struggling under the, the weight of the AIDS crisis, um, God really gave Billy, Billy a vision at that point Um, To challenge his church and and his people and his community and and from that has done um, Just many incredible and amazing things and so um, Billy perhaps maybe the place to start would be um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, Currently what the Lord has you doing in Zambia and and the role that you have there in in mobilizing the church in orphan care
2: No, thank you very much for the opportunity uh, just to take on uh, where you have uh, ended. Uh, currently, uh, with the issue of COVID, that came as a, as a surprise, uh, not only in Zambia, but globally. Uh, Zambia was not uh, left untouched. And uh, in that process, as we were battling, trying to settle with the, the impact of HIV, COVID also came with uh, a different impact, especially most of the people that we lost uh, suddenly were father figure or parents. Um, you, ma- I must mention here that uh, uh, HIV uh, is still a big challenge in Africa and one of the causes for the orphaned children. So when COVID came, it was uh, like... Uh, the the challenge of orphan care was doubled mm. and then uh, as i said it came suddenly then we had to begin to pray and uh, build on strategies that we had already started when we were dealing with hiv and uh, now that's where we are uh, trying to see how we can combine uh, uh, care uh, prevention and treatment to, to 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 fight the issue of orphan care before COVID and after COVID.
1: So it it sounds like that there has been a compounding effect. That's true. That COVID has created from from what was already a difficult situation. That's true. What are some of the ways that the church has um, has stepped up? And and has you know maybe you could talk a little bit more specifically about some of those strategies that you've seen that have been employed in ways that the church has has stepped in successfully in order to be able to to care for children who have been orphaned through this crisis.
2: No, thank you. Uh, I think you are aware that uh, for a long time uh, in Africa we we kind of struggled to find uh, lasting solutions to issues that are facing the, the orphan until somewhere uh, towards the end of the as we are getting into the 21st centuries there was strong emphasis on families mm-hmm. and uh, that has really helped and uh, what one of the strategies we are encouraging the church is to uh, fostering mm-hmm. uh, uh, as I've said already that COVID came as a suddenly uh, uh so we looked at the interest of the children uh, and where do we take them uh, we promote family care above institutional uh, institution care so we have seen how churches when i say churches i mean the body of christ mm-hmm. these are baptist charismatic and some of the traditional churches people are opening their homes and we are we are we are challenging them to show and demonstrate god's love through that
1: maybe what's been the hardest thing in in trying to help the church to to accept the concept of foster care um have have people come to that easily or or has it been difficult to um to kind of change the mindset away from institutional care and to kind of move it back toward um back toward the family uh
2: Um, the difficult was for them to do it godly way. Mm. Uh, not just like it's a program, but it's something to do with responding in obedience to scripture. Uh, because that's where we have come, that they will do it more like other people would say a social responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because you are a company, you make money, and then now you want to show. But now, when it comes to the people of God, it has to be out of obedience to scripture and we have come a long way to bring the church to a place where they know that they are responding to the word of god Mm. so obedience to scripture and i'm excited to say that what we are seeing is that the church is open up is opening up to respond by obeying the scripture which simply says uh, the true religion is that that visit uh, and care for the orphans in the time of crisis so I would say for now in the Africa global context, the time of crisis is the COVID, the time of crisis is the HIV. And now we see the church opening up and most of them, one of the, one of the things that I've seen even among the leaders who are uh, involved, sometimes we think we are taking God to the people, but God is already ahead of us. When you hear their stories, when you hear how others will say, I had a dream that I had four children, and when you begin to listen to those, you would see that God is already at work. So the hard part sometimes has been for leaders to recognize that we are not doing it in our power, but we are simply joining God, who is already ahead of us and is 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 is, is, is working. So the recognition of where God is working and what God is doing, sometimes if it is not seen, it becomes uh, a burden, it becomes something that people want to struggle. So I'm excited to to see that during the COVID, I have seen a wave where people, pastors, churches, openly respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we have seen tremendous uh, uh, relief where uh, not all is okay, but at least I would say half or the, the bigger percentage we see that children can report that at least they are in safe hands and uh people of god are growing into joining god in what is doing among the the impacted orphans because of the COVID.
1: yeah i think that you know it's 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 interesting that you point to the idea of um taking people back to the bible <laughs> and to to do something that is so obvious in the scriptures and and so evident but yet quite honestly becomes sometimes forgotten in the midst of a crisis and and I think we we at, at times I think make really sometimes short-sighted and bad decisions because we don't really consider you know God's way and God's plan and and the fact that God has has in you know has given and has entrusted to us um, his word is his revelation of himself. And and we and we start the tendency can be sometimes to start making plots and plans on our own and to, to to try to figure out and devise ways to take care of of issues rather than first looking at the Bible and and letting you know letting the word of God be our you know be our our driving force. Um, how, how about the, has, has that been a difficult message? Um, and I know you, you know, you talked about the fact that God's preparing the hearts of the people and God's already at work, um, has, I mean, and, and obviously you've been doing this work for a long time and, and have been influential in the church for a long time. How, how have you seen the hearts and, and the minds of pastors change over over the years. That you know that that you've sort of been sounding this call to the church. Um, how are pastors different with regard to how they think about um, orphans and and how that's a part of the their understanding of the mission of the church?
2: Yeah, uh, thank you. That's a very very uh, good and important question. I think one of the things uh, I would mention here is that uh, your ministry uh, uh, and our discussion for some time has really helped me to kind of be focused, even when we share with pastors, that uh, most of them in the past, they lacked the uh, gospel centered or biblical focus. Their basis of doing what they are doing was more not well defined in terms of uh, the scripture. And that was the hardest part. Some they would come with different views. And uh, for now, uh, we see God helping us and pastors and church leaders are actually responding as we help them to find scripture basis for what they are doing. They're not just involved for any other reasons. Uh, 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 I would mention like Orphan Sunday is not the only program that has been used to care mm-hmm. for orphans in the world. There are different of uh, programs. But what I would say is that uh, some of them when you check, they lack the biblical basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And why they do what they do Uh, uh, and they come from different emphases. Others they come with educational, others they come with uh, physical needs, Mm -hmm. others they even come with a spiritual that they emphasize more on on, uh, the eternal life than this other aspect. But I'm finding now that pastors are growing. They are not yet there, but we are finding a balance where a biblical basis which will not just be one-sided, but it, it it comprises everything. But yet the focus is to see how do you grow. You don't take one and leave the other. Yeah, others will say eternal life, but what about the mm-hmm. physical needs? What about the educational needs? What about the mental needs? And how do you compress all that and then move in one direction? So uh, it has been a journey. And where we are, I can simply say, I'm satisfied that uh, we are moving at the right direction mm-hmm. to 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 really emphasize what i'm trying to say is uh, like we focus more on discipleship as a goal it's not just a mean that no but that that is a goal mm-hmm. that's where we are going we are not just say, doing this and then pieces we want to see these children discipled. now a disciple it encompasses different aspects and different things but yet you are going in that direction so it has been a journey and um, we are glad uh, that um, the, the the biggest reason to all this is that uh, the quality I don't know what how I can say uh, theological trainings among the clergy in Africa has been not been well. Yeah, most people enter into ministry or church thing without proper proper theological training, uh, so they meet things halfway. So there's kind of a mixture. Now you can't repair uh, 20, 15, 10 years uh, of such a challenge in two workshops. So you need to see it as a a long-term process. But one thing I'm happy is that the understanding on the willingness to find the biblical basis Mm. for them to engage in helping the children, which involves you get the value of a child. From the scripture that she's loved is loved by God, is created in the image of God. Now you you begin to focus on that. Secondly, you also see that needs in Africa are everywhere. Yeah, needs in Africa are everywhere, and then you begin to focus: where is God working? Where is God mm-hmm. uh, leading me to to kind of help? Because you may find that you are vulnerable. Needs are so many, and then you have little little uh, in terms of finances, little in terms of partners, and then you have so but when you focus on I cannot do everything, but I can do something. Mm. Uh, I cannot help everyone, but I can help one. And then you begin to work with them and begin to 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 bring them to understand all these aspects. It's something that has really encouraged me. And I feel uh, with the partnership that we share with you and others, god is going to help us and soon we'll find uh, different people playing their parts but building towards what god wants us to see
1: yeah i think you know you um it's funny we i mean we've talked so many times and 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 it's such depth offline about this but i i think um you answered like the next two questions that i had for you to be honest with you i i think the the I mean that's the reason we're here. It's the reason that we've all gathered in Dubai is because there there is a collection of people from all over the world who are coming together to say um, that we believe the gospel is preeminent, and we believe that the that we filter everything that we do um, through the through the message of the gospel, and and that that's different than. Um, what we see happening sometimes in orphan care when the church gets involved that there's a there's a pull and almost a a gravity that happens when when people perceive the need and then there's a sense in which we say okay we have to do things in order to meet all of that need Mm -hmm. and 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 i think very often in 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 Christian circles, we just have to own the idea that what we end up doing many times is we end up saying, okay, well, we can't meet this need by ourselves. We don't have the resources. We don't have the things. So so let's, let's start to cooperate with people who do. And so let's figure out ways to cooperate more deeply with government, or let's find ways to cooperate more deeply with non-Christian NGOs or, or those sorts of things. And 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 inevitably, that leads into a conversation that says, "Well, if we just if we we'll, if we'll just de-emphasize the gospel, if we just talk about the gospel differently, if we if we just you know we're not going to change our convictions, but in order to be able to make the people comfortable that we need to make comfortable, if we just change those things, th- then then we'll have the opportunity to have an impact." And I think I love the fact that you're you're pointing out you know, what should be the obvious to us, but it isn't. And and that is that we'll have the impact when we join God where He's at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and that the that the that the Lord is um and I think sometimes it does us good to just sort of step back and, and realize that um God is you know God is the is the owner of a the cattle on a thousand hills, God doesn't lack resources. He doesn't lack the the things that are necessary in order to do this work. And, and that if we concentrate on finding where God's at work, as, you know, Henry Blackaby told us a generation or two ago to do and, and to then join him where he's already at work, we're like, we're going to find success because success is really obedience. Mm-hmm. It's not in, you know the numbers, or the or the the impact statistics of those things that we, you know, that we accomplish, um, per se, and it's and and that success is also being faithful to point to the truth of the gospel. And there are places where we can't, you know, we we realize in in a broken world, we're not going to er- eradicate suffering. We're not gonna we're not going to end, um, you know, the, this side of of the second coming, we're not going to end the orphan crisis um, and and so so how do we enter into the suffering? We enter in with the only thing that that helps, which is which is the gospel and I, I think it's it's refreshing even you know, to think about the fact that um, th- there are things happening in Africa where the the focus is on theological training, the focus is on beginning to, you know, help pastors to have the tools to to divide the word well and to understand these things. And the truth is that when people understand the gospel and they understand the whole story of scripture, they're they're going to do these things because because they're going to understand how to follow God in obedience. And so, you know, if there are folks that are out there that are that are listening to You know to this time that that we're spending together and and they begin to ask the question what could we do how could we help what would you say to them about how they could help um in you know in africa what what are the what are the things that the global church can do to come alongside the african church to to help and to encourage and to you know catalyze this movement Well,
2: I think I should uh, uh, put it on record uh, uh, for me to appreciate uh, uh, Lifeline uh, Children Services uh, that uh, bringing different key players globally into Dubai, especially with the focus on the gospel, it's something that... uh, it's, it's an answered prayer for me and uh, I would age one, those that are listening to pray uh, 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 that this becomes a very, very successful conference and also a springboard where we see, um, because in the time of brokenness uh, if the church is not ready, it doesn't have the right to, people are open to any kind of help. But particularly when the help is coming from the the, the gospel, mm. it kind of set them in the right direction because our hope must be anchored on the gospel. Mm. And for Lifeline Children's Services to have, at such a time, a conference of this kind where we want to see how the global church can respond in this time with the gospel. For me, it's an answered prayer mm-hmm. because I have seen how people respond to different needs. But I think helping the NGOs, the organisations, the churches to have the right to, and at this particular time for me, the right to is the right gospel. In the time of brokenness, how do we go into the children's life, family life, community lives, where they are broken, where they are shut, their hope is shattered. And then you go in with the right gospel I, I, I feel there is no other way uh, to anyone listening to me that they can't fail to partner. The best way is to support uh, your initiative like this, so that uh, we have to give people, those who are in the forefront, the right gospel or tools that they'll use as they minister to, to the children, uh, uh, uh I have a story uh in my in my place uh one family where they 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 lost the mother uh, the mother was staying with a, a i think a thirteen year old and a five year old uh, uh both were girls while they were sleeping, she was sick, but she died, and these are mm. children, and they don't know what to do. Their families are far. Uh, Of course, sometimes uh, orphans, they have relatives, but you have to begin to look for them through different ways. But what I'm trying to say is that um, uh, the way the church stepped in, Mm. uh, the way people in the community stepped in, not doing it out of just sympathy or what, but really living out the true gospel of showing love in words and in deeds, that family... The other siblings, when they heard, how the church cared for them, helped the funeral, buried the mother, taken care of the children. They are now in school. What changed changed in this family is that most of their members, some of them, they were backslidden. Some of them, they were not even Christian. As I share today, they are serving the Lord. So Mm. what I'm simply emphasizing is that responding in the time of brokenness of the people, of a family, of a child with the gospel brings lasting impact. And there is no other way. Those listening to me and others uh, cannot afford to partner with such initiatives or programs, supporting it in prayer, financially, and in all other ways, so that we advance this. Otherwise, the need is huge. Uh, we echo the words of Jesus. Uh, the harvest is plenty. Mm. but the laborers are few, Mm. yeah. And it's a time uh, uh, I should, again, thank you, uh, Lifeline Children's Services for such a program that we are having in Dubai.
1: Well, we are um, incredibly grateful that we have the opportunity to do this. And and I know, you know, one of the things that you and I, again, have talked about a lot um, and and so we'll bring people into our private conversation for a minute, I guess, and and say that um, something that I you know I said to you out of conviction years ago that I really believe that the the gospel I mean everything that's needed to address the orphan care crisis in Africa. Um, exist in Africa. Mm-hmm. God's placed a vision. God's invested the gospel. There are like all the all the seeds and all the things that are necessary. And 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 the church is the church is recognizing and the church is on the move. And and we have an opportunity as brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to hold hands with our brothers and sisters in Africa and to to pray for and to encourage and to provide resources and things to to enable the African Church to pursue um, an, an African vision for how you know how the gospel message can go forth and and how this work can be done. And I think um, you know again one of the things that I love about this gathering of, of people that are here together in Dubai is th- there are there are no two ministries that, and no two situations. There there are no two countries that are that are doing things exactly the same. Mm-hmm except for the fact
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that the the commonality of all of it is um, a, a, a passion for the gospel, a passion for seeing people um, commit their lives to Christ and 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 pursue hope in in the only place where we have true hope and and to and to faithfully hang on to the Word of God as as that point of direction for us and so to take seriously the word of God that that God has, God has really given us everything that we need and all that we need to understand, and that, and that if we have the right perspective of taking strategies and plans and all of those things and filtering them through the gospel, um, then the the like we will accomplish the things that God's put out for us and and is set aside for us to do, but we will do them in ways that honor Him and bring glory to him and ultimately that that will fulfill the 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 purpose that we've been created for which is to you know bring praise and honor to god and and i just um you know i i just want to say before we you know before we wind down this interview i uh, i love you my brother i i'm so incredibly thankful for you and for um for your friendship and uh, the conversations that we've been able to have over the years and and, and really, the transparency mm-hmm. um, to talk about you know some hard things and mm-hmm. some you know some difficult things, and 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 I appreciate the fact that um, that that in those conversations, um, you've always been quick <laughs> to 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 point to Christ and to point to His sufficiency and to point to the sufficiency of His Word. Um, and so I just want to, I want to ask the folks that are, you know, they're listening to this podcast um, to pray for pastor Billy, mm-hmm. um, to pray for uh, the church in Zambia, to pray for the, the church in Africa and to pray for the church around the world that, that, that we will see um, pastors and the churches that they lead step up and accept this mantle and, and pursue this vision, and, and so, Billy, thank you so much for um, just all that all that you've done. I personally, again, I say thank you for the encouragement and, and the way that you poured into my life, and uh, and and thank you for um, for always being one who is who's going he's, who's ultimately going to point people to Christ.